Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Uh, but I'm excited this morning. We got a really special uh, morning planned, uh, and I'm, a, I'm excited that this, I don't get to... Uh, to, when my parents are gone, I usually get to sit back and listen, uh, but, but today I get to listen to probably my favorite speaker um, of all time. Uh, only heard a few messages, but they're incredible, um, and I know the heart behind it. And uh, so today I just want to welcome my beautiful wife, Shelby, will be speaking to us. So let's give her a hand clap. All right, you can cut the music. <laughs> so my sermon, I wish, I wish I could title it, Get Up Off of That Thing. But I'm going to just use the condensed version this morning. We're just going to title it Get Up. Because when I get to, you know, the more serious half of my sermon, I really don't want the screens to read Get Up Off of That Thing. Because no one's going to be able to pay attention. So... I'm going to warn you, the, the get up part of this sermon, it really doesn't come into play until like the ending story. So everyone's just going to have to stay with me, just buckle up, put on one seatbelt, two maybe if my mom's driving, and I promise you we will make it. <laughs> my first passage this morning comes from Mark 5, 1 through 8, and it reads, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Impure spirit is a fancy way of saying this dude was possessed, so there we go. We'll move on from that. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his feet in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want from me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And so when Jesus said, come out of this man, you impure spirit, the demons were cast out and the man was healed. And we're going to skip down to verse 18, where Jesus is leaving and he's going to go to another city. And it says, Jesus was getting into the boat. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go to your hometown, to your people, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So what's funny to me in this story is that the man is healed, and he wants to go follow Jesus. He wants to go and be a disciple and be able to learn and benefit from that discipleship. And you would think Jesus would want him to come with him. I mean, he's just been healed. He's just been saved. In some ways, He's just been set free from all the past that he's known. I think that he would benefit a lot from some one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. 
or at least like, you know, maybe a follow-up appointment, like, you're still doing well, all right, cool, go in peace, but like, he's just like, nah, you're good, you're healed, go back to your hometown and preach the word, and you know, to some of us, I would think that's crazy, so like I said, he wanted to go with Jesus, he didn't want to just, you know, be healed, be free, not know anything, and go home. But Jesus says, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And then it says, that is exactly what he did. And it says that all the people were amazed. And so what I see from that passage is that we don't have to be perfect to go and tell what Jesus has done for us. This guy just became free. He could have been saved maybe an hour or two, and Jesus didn't say, hey, go go study the word for a couple of years. Make sure to go all the sin that you had in your life. Make sure that's all really, really clean. Make sure that's cleaned up, and then go preach the word about me. Get your whole Christian lifestyle on track, and then go tell about me. He wanted to follow Jesus and be a disciple, and God knew that he was already equipped to spread the gospel because he had tasted the freedom of Jesus. You know, he didn't need any more than that because being used by God, it's not about your knowledge and your experience. What you know, how long you've been a Christian doesn't determine your potential. Our education, how smart we are, doesn't determine how God can use us. I mean, just think of someone who's recently been saved. How many of you in this room have seen someone who was just saved and they're just like so on fire for God? Like, it's crazy. They're just like running around Walmart, like trying to pray for people, like trying to pray over people's eggs and milk before they put it in the cart. Or they're posting all over Facebook, like what God's done for them. And I think that's awesome. Like... I don't want to push that away. I think that's so amazing. And you know what? Since those people who are just so on fire for God, since they just became Christians, the strength that they're having to lean on is God's strength, not their own. It's not about our knowledge. It's not about our experience because our potential is determined by Christ. Do we need to be reading our Bible? Yes. Do we need to be in our word? Do we need to be having a consistent prayer life? We do. But at the same time, we are human. And we can't let our downfalls hold us back and make us feel like we're not good enough to go and preach the gospel. Another story I have is found in Exodus 4, 10 through 13. And At this point in this passage, God has shown himself to the leader, Moses, and he's given him instructions as the leader of the Israelites. It reads, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And basically what he was saying is, I have a speech impediment. I have a stutter. How am I supposed to speak to these people? And then in verse 11, the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But even then, Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. I mean, you've got to think of what a great leader Moses was. And even he was a reluctant leader feeling like he wasn't ready. And he gives a lot of excuses. He says, who am I? Like God has the wrong person or something. 
He felt inadequate, not good enough, not holy enough. But God's reply is, I will be with you. And, and that's all that matters. He says, what should I tell them? Like, what do I tell the people? I don't know what words to say. I don't know what to speak. He felt like he wasn't ready. He wouldn't have anything to say. And God said, this is what you are to say. He gave him the words. God will give you the message that you need at the right time. Before a situation comes up, like, you may not know what you're going to do or say, but the Lord will speak to you. And Moses sounds really human in these passages. He sounds just like us because he says, what happens if it all goes wrong? And the most important excuse he gives is, I do not have the right gifts. Oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent. I am slow of speech and tongue. And God said, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. God's strength is made absolutely perfect in our weaknesses. And God answers Moses by showing him his power. And still Moses says, someone else will do it. Can, someone else can do it. And that's so easy to think is that somebody can do that better than me. Someone else is way more talented than me. But it's not about our abilities. When we became saved, God doesn't call us to be completely clean to receive salvation. I mean, that would, that would get rid of the point of a lot of what salvation is. Like, he doesn't call us to get everything cleaned up, make sure that, like, we have no sins before we come and receive him. And even now, as we take on the responsibility of serving him, he's not asking us to feel completely ready. Like, we've got everything all together. In a couple of weeks, we'll be taking the kids to youth camp. And at youth camp, you have team competitions, like, basically all day long, and then you have, like, really big services at night. And a couple of years ago, they decided to change up the way that we do Wednesday night service, and they call it Beat the Heat. So we usually, Monday through Friday, have services at nighttime, but on Wednesday, we have the service at 2 o'clock so that we can play games and go to the lake and do softball and all that stuff when, like, it's dusk and it's not as hot outside. So... We beat the heat, which is really awesome. But at the same time, we have the service at about 2 o'clock inside of a chapel. And there's a lot of middle schoolers there. And it's, like, highly likely that some of these middle schoolers haven't showered since their parents made them on Sunday. I don't know, like, where what that issue is. I don't know why middle schoolers, like, don't like to shower. But it's also, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We've been outside for a bit. So it's like all these kids are like stuck inside the chapel and they call it beat the heat. But I'm like, how about we change this and we, we beat the stink because we are not beating the stink right now. It smells absolutely terrible and I can't pay attention to the sermon. But for whatever reason, the rest of the kids are really, really good at paying attention to the sermon. By the way, I'm actually getting towards the end of my sermon. So uh, if you want to go to uh, Longhorn today, today's your day to go because you're going to get there before everybody else. So all the kids are like really, really paying attention, which I'm like, I don't know how, but we sat towards the back to where like the doors are like kind of open. So it's aired, it's aired out a little bit. And the, spe the speaker is just like on fire. And it's crazy that like, and it's crazy to think that God can like move like crazy at 2 p.m. Like in the afternoon, like, we feel like God has to move at, like, 10 a.m. or, like, 6 p.m., but, like, no, he can move at 2 p.m., so all the kids are, like, really paying attention, and 
the speaker's doing a fantastic job and at camp when the services come to an end, usually the speaker asks all the youth leaders to come up to the front and surround the front so that when the altar call happens that all the kids can come up and all the youth leaders can pray for them. And I have to be honest, I always get so nervous about that part. I'm just like, oh God, like I've got to pray for all these kids like, and I don't know if I can do it. And so we're usually just sitting out there waiting for the altar call to begin and we'll be sitting. And sometimes I hope like, oh man, I really hope he doesn't call us up there like to pray. Like maybe none of these kids are going to answer the altar call today, which is totally wrong because kids answer altar calls. It's crazy. Like middle of a sermon, a kid will run up and fall to their knees before the altar calls happen. That, that's another sermon in itself, but kids are awesome. So that's a dumb thought. They're going to come. They're going to answer the altar call. So I'm thinking, you know, I won't know what to pray. I'm not good at praying. If you notice, half the time when I pray, I sing my prayers because it's a lot easier. And so I just think these kids are going to come up to me with real issues. And some of these kids, I'm not even going to know their name. They're going to come up to me and they're going to be battling with depression. They're going to be battling with suicidal thoughts and addictions. Their parents are going to be splitting up and, and they don't know who, who to stay with. And so they're going to be asking me for prayer. It's serious stuff. And there's a lot of youth pastors in the room. And they've got ministry degrees. Some of them have been doing it for a long time. I'm like, why they got called the youth pastor's wives up there? Like, how about we stay in our seats? Y'all do y'all job. Y'all get paid for this. I don't get paid for this. And so, and I'm like, I'm in my 20s. Like, all these other youth pastors, they're like in their 30s and 40s. They have way more experience than me. They have a degree in this. I should, ju I should just let them go up there. Some someone else will do it. And again, I think, oh, just don't ask us to come up there. Like, let's just do like a really chill, like altar call today. So I sit there and I just think all these things. I become overwhelmed. And I just, I have to remember that it, it has nothing to do with me. But it has everything to do with Jesus. And, you know, when you're, I'm sitting out there feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling like Moses. I'm feeling inadequate. I'm feeling like the man who just got healed, that he wants to go follow Jesus. I'm like, Lord, I need to go pray by myself for a little bit. I need to get more of you before I come up here and try and pray over kids. But what, what does God need me to do? He doesn't need me to have all of the right words and all the things to say. He doesn't need me to know what the kid's going to come up to me and say to me. When I'm sitting out there just feeling so overwhelmed, like I can't do it. I can't pray over these kids. I, I, I went to school for music. I didn't plan on doing this. God didn't need me to have it all together. He didn't need me to have all the right words and all the right things to say and all the right things to pray. He just needed me to get up, walk to the front, and just stand there. Just stand there. Say, God, fill me up. God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. God, just fill me up. That's what he needs from us. He doesn't need a big show. 
He doesn't need anything. When there's a situation in your life and you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know what to do, you're overwhelmed, you just say, God, God, I'm so weak. I don't know what to do. God, I'm weak, but I'm willing, and I will just get up and ask you to take care of the rest. Just like Moses, he said to Moses, who gave human beings their mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say, because it's not about my knowledge. It's not about my experience. It's not about the talents or abilities that I have. And you know what happens in that camp service when I think like, oh, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to get through this. Kids are just freed from addiction. Depression falls off them like chains. Scars will literally disappear from their arms. Young girls will feel worthy again, and God shows up. Because again, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about me. It was about him. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Jesus. In a sermon like this, this is not to convict you to say that you're lazy, that you won't get up, that you won't do something. A sermon like this is to lift the weight off your shoulders, to say that's all you have to do is get up, that all you have to do is stand up and God will take care of the rest. It's not about our power. It's about his power. It's not about our knowledge because he is the one that is all-knowing. My talents or capabilities, they don't matter because I serve a God that's in the business of making miracles happen, taking something from nothing. We are a willing vessel that simply has to stand up and say, God, I am weak, but I'm willing. Use me. Speak through me. Lord, help me to pray for my coworker when they bring their need to me. Instead of saying, I'll keep you in my prayers, pray for them right then and see what God does. I had a friend, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this story, but I had a friend who we shared an office, and she just had so many dreams and things that she didn't want to, that she wanted to do, and she just hated working where we were, and, you know, and she was a huge woman of God. I mean, I just always thought, like, man, you are always, like, in your word doing all these things, and, but she was struggling, and she came to me, and she said, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to quit this job, but like, I don't think my family will be able to survive if I quit this and I follow my dream and do like what I felt like I need to do. And, and she was just having a hard time. She was having a hard time at home too. And, and she asked me to pray for her or will you keep me? She says, will you keep me in your prayers? And you know, I say, I'll keep you in my prayers. And then she goes over to her side of the office and you know, I sit there, feeling like I do when I'm sitting there, and then you just, can I pray for you right now? It's awkward. Can I pray for you right now? And then they say yes, and they they come over, you pray with them. And we were in an office by ourselves, so we let the Holy Ghost fill the room. We were real loud, and, you know, I didn't really want to pray in tongues, but I had no other words left. 
because like I said, like I'm bad at it. So I'm, so I prayed in tongues because it flows out of me a whole lot faster and a whole lot better. And we were just crying and then we sat there. And you know, I don't know what her denomination is. I don't know what she believes. I don't know if I just freaked her out and she's like, I need a new office mate really soon. But she just said, you know, no one does that anymore. No one prays like that anymore. I haven't felt God in a really long time. And it's because I just, I was like, you know what? This might be really embarrassing, but God, fill me up. God, fill me up. God, move. God, do this. So maybe God's, maybe God's calling you to help somebody. Maybe there's a friend who's had a, a car issue forever. They're always struggling to make it where they need to be because they don't have the money to fix it. Maybe God's laid that on your heart to do that. And you're like, well, I don't know if I've got the money to do that. Well, it's really good that he's our supplier and we're not our own suppliers. We just have to answer the call. God can change a generation when we just say, God, I'm so willing. I don't feel ready, but maybe that feeling of being ready will never come. Like it may just never, ever come. And you're always just going to have to take a little bit of a leap of faith, be at the end of your rope and hold on to it. I'm going to read that verse again from Mark. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, crazy Jesus, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And then it says, all the people were amazed. God took care of it. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you use us in ways that are way beyond our imagination. That we don't have to have it all together to serve you. That we don't have to know everything to serve you. I pray that you would challenge us. Comfort us and reveal yourself to us in new ways each day. Lord, we are your church. We say that we are weak, but we are strong when we are in your hands. God, we want to be your hand in our community, God, to our friends, at our schools, and in our workplaces. Lord, lighten our burden. Lighten our burden and help us to know that every day it's you. It's you that holds every moment. It's you that holds our challenges. It's you that holds our triumphs. We love you, and we are ready to be used by you. Thank you so much for being a selfless God and helping us in every way. In your name we praise you. Amen. I'm done. Well, I, uh, it'll probably happen in the next few weeks um, when I speak in the youth, but I'll probably allude to that sermon for the next year and a half. Because the last time she spoke in youth, I've been using that one for two years now um, because it's just so good. And just in such encouraging message to know that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what we feel like our abilities are. When we do what we're called to do and we rely on the, on the spirit inside of us and the power that God gives us, that we can, we can change the entire situation around us and the people around us. And I think that that's just that's an incredible encouragement and, and a challenge for us to rely on that power. And not rely on our own power, but to rely on the power that's within inside us. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this morning, God. We thank you that we get to sit in your house and hear your word. God, we thank you so much for the encouraging word that Shelby spoke this morning and the heart that she has for 
uh, for youth and for and for the music and the, and the kids around her and, and, and her friends and her workplace. God, I pray that we would all take um, heart knowing that we can be that same way, God. We can pray for those around us, God, in our, in our workplace, that we can uh, reach out and be the light that you've called us to be, God. I pray as we leave this place that you would just remind us of, of those who gave their lives uh, for this country, God, that we would be able to um, see needs and meet needs, God, especially uh, dealing with, with the families of those uh, who went before us. God, we thank you so much for the freedom that you give us in your son. And we pray that we would be, uh, be safe and we would uh, meet back here uh, next week. God, we thank you and we praise you for who you are in your precious name. Amen. Have a great day. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.